Hey everyone, this is Siobhan and you're listening to the Creative Outsiders Podcast, where we connect the dots for women storytellers and we show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dream. Today, I'm excited because I get to speak with Brittany Janae. If you have followed her social media, her Instagram, you know that she is producing some amazing content and I have been stalking her Instagram. I told her that before we got on and I know that this is someone that all of y'all are going to enjoy. So before we get started in our conversation, you know the drill. I want to share a little bit about her in case you don't know who she is. Brittany Janae is a cinematographer, editor, and still photographer based in Los Angeles, California. She has seven years of experience in television production, digital and commercial production, working with clients such as TV One, Motions Hair, Nike and Style Magazine, Creators of Color, and Fox on projects ranging from BTS to short narratives and much more. She also works with a lot of musicians, artists, and other filmmakers on personal projects. I hope that today you enjoy your sh the show and you take some notes and it encourages you to get out there and pursue your filmmaking dreams. Welcome to the show, Brittany. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. So if you haven't listened to our podcast, I always like to start off with asking anybody who is on the show, how did you know that filmmaking was your thing? And specifically for you, you're behind the camera. How did you know that this is what you were destined to do? Um, so I actually didn't know, like I actually went to school for something completely different, um, which I went to school for IT. Um, and I only went because, you know, my dad, he was like, you need to find a job where you can be financially stable. And I didn't really have any sort of dreams, um, after high school, but I was like, you know what, I know the next step is college. So let me go there and figure it all out. Um, so I went for computer science and IT, but I hated coding. I hated that whole process. But the thing with IT and computer science is you have to take classes, um, video editing classes, because to a certain extent, gaming cons consists of things like that, like uh, After Effects and, you know, just different uh, things like that. And I realized that I really loved editing. I really, I think at that time I had learned Avid. And we had just started getting into the digital effects. So we had Adobe Premiere and Adobe After Effects. And I love that part of IT. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do more of this. And so um, funny thing is, and it's just, it's really God because I literally got, because I didn't do well in like IT and computer science and it wasn't really something I wanted to do. I was just kind of like going along with the flow. I actually got kicked out of the engineering school because of my grades and I was like crying, like talking to my best friend, like, what am I supposed to do to see if they have something that you can get into where you're doing something that you actually love? And I never even thought about it. I was like, this isn't a career like you can't, you know, do photography and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I end up going to my counselor and he was like, I was like, is there anything where I can do more, you know, video editing? Uh, photography or video and then the only thing we had at my school was communications and so he was like if you do it interdisciplinary studies program you don't have to stay here another five years you can just do communication classes the classes that you need and then you can graduate and I was like let's do that so I took a whole <laughs> bunch of video classes 
And my teacher, that's when I found out I just kind of had a natural talent for it. Like it just kind of came easy for me. And uh, so I just started doing like a lot of videos with just people in my, at my school. Uh, me and my business partner have our own company and it just, it just happened so quick. And that's when I realized I was like, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to happen that way. Even though like some people like, dang, she got kicked out, kicked out of college or well, kicked out of that particular school. Uh, it was supposed to happen that way. Cause then I wouldn't have realized that this was what I was supposed to be doing. I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I think that's so crazy because I think that we all have um, like defining moments mm -hmm. and a lot of times we think defining moments is always like this big, amazing thing. But sometimes it's like, not to say it was a loss because you gained what you were supposed to, like right. the direction you were supposed to go in. But I think that's really important that you, you know, told everybody you didn't initially start out on this path, but like you were able to pivot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the thing because like the purpose is, the whole point of it is finding the beauty in things. And I was so down. Like, I was crying for, like, a whole week. I didn't even tell my parents. Like, they still don't really know what I graduated in. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just, like, I had always been taking, like, even before I actually bought a digital SLR, I was just taking pictures with a point and shoot because that was just something that I loved. And, but never really thought, like, I'm from St. Louis. So, like, at that time, creativity wasn't even, like, you know, a thing mm -hmm. now. It's just now blooming, but it wasn't even something that you thought that you could actually just go and do. Um, and so I was literally just doing what I was doing because, you know, my dad was like, you just need to make sure that you're always stable. And that's the kind of mindset that we always have. And mm -hmm. so we don't pursue our dreams because we feel like the money, you know, we got to make sure we have finances and it's all true. But I think sometimes it's also taking that risk. And that's what I learned. And I think I, I was pushed to take that risk because I actually got kicked out. And so I was like, I have to figure out what to do. And then that's what my best friend reminded me, like, you got to do what you love to do and ever since then I kind of just stuck with that <laughs> I totally agree with that and I you brought up so many points I'm like oh wait okay so <laughs> you you said okay you're originally from St. Louis mm -hmm. um one I want to ask you how did you get to California because like that's the goal like everybody that's a creative filmmaker like thinks that's the golden ticket but before you answer that um, do you think it's important for us as we are evolving and we are um, realizing our purpose more through uh, storytelling, filmmaking as a creative to then also give that language to other women? Because you said you didn't know that was possible. And the same thing was for me. Like, I didn't know that being a filmmaker was possible. So do you think we have a responsibility to show that it is? Yes, I do. Because the thing is, well, the first question, well, which question would you want me to answer first? Uh, do we have a responsibility? Okay. I do believe we have a responsibility because um, the reason why I think I didn't know is because I didn't really see women filmmakers. I didn't really see that that was even a thing back then. Um, and like I said, coming from St. Louis, like California is so different. Like you grow up around this stuff mm -hmm. every day. And, you know, places like outside of that, that are smaller, smaller uh, towns and smaller cities that don't revolve around entertainment you don't really see that and growing up you know I'm I'm I was born 1989 so I wasn't technology wasn't even a thing for real back then so mm -hmm. literally I really was just I really did not even know anything about that and I think because of that and because we didn't see that much back then people just did not know now when in this digital age 
everybody knows that that is something that you can do. Even people like my niece, she's like, I want to get into photography and she's 11, you know, because of the generation and the age that they're in. But we just didn't have that. Mm -hmm. You don't really see black, black uh, filmmakers, black women filmmakers in the industry at that time. And if you did, they were like way behind the scenes and definitely not even like they weren't known, they weren't noticed, anything like that. So I think it's important to show that we can do it as well. I and that totally we are agree. doing it actually. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, okay, so then rewind. So how did you end up from St. Louis to California? Uh, so after, um, after I got kicked out, um, I went in for communications and my business partner, she actually uh, got a cosmetology degree. So she does makeup and hair. And we were like doing like small, you know, photo shoots back in Columbia, Missouri, which is like really just a college town. That's the only thing that's there. And so we would just do like small photo shoots there. And then we both graduated. And like I said, I don't, I never at that time really made plans for my life, which is weird. Mm -hmm. So everything really just kind of happened as God saw fit. And she was like, hey, we should take this to Cali because she is way more knowledgeable. And like, she was way more knowledgeable in that whole field and everything like that than I was. And so I was like, okay, I never really thought about California, but I could check it out and see if I like it. So we took, uh, right before graduation, we took a week and we came out here to visit and just like fell in love, fell in love with the weather, fell in love with the vibes and just literally felt the opportunity. And I was like, all right, I want to move here. <laughs> and so um, I had to take one class, like, uh, like a, I had to take an internship as my like last credits. Mm -hmm. And I told my counselor, I was like, I would like to take my internship in California. Because then I felt like that was going to be an easier transition and just kind of like moving out here. And so uh, literally, I actually left before she did. She was originally supposed to leave before me. But because I actually got approved for the internship out here, I literally like within a week of graduation had to pack my car, pack my bags and fly straight out here and, and do the internship, the non-paid internship at that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's how that happened. And then we just been out here ever since. Okay, so how did you two decide that you were going to form a company? Because for those of us who do follow you on social media, like, we see y'all out here flourishing, like y'all are popping. <laughs> so how did y'all say, okay, this is something we're going to do? So back in college, um, we just, like I said, I met her through church. And then um once we just became really close we she did hair and makeup and I did photography and we just felt oh this could be something good if we just combine our talents um instead of because you know like even if you're a photographer you always have to find makeup artists and hairstylists mm -hmm. and it was like it'd be better if we can combine our talents and make it more of like a one-stop shop type of thing to where clients were able to come to us and we just provided everything in-house and so that was the mindset that we went into and then we also always had the idea to like own a production company Mm -hmm. where in-house we had makeup artists, hairstylists, photographers, videographers, editors, graphic designers, and that was all in-house. And so that was the ultimate goal that we wanted. And so we went into it with that goal set in mind. Okay, so how much time has gone by? Well, how long have y'all been established um, as a production company? Since 2011. Okay. Mm-hmm. So once y'all move to California and you go first, 
and you are doing your internship and you said, which was free. <laughs> right. <laughs> how did you then figure out how to maneuver? Because this is something different and new for you both. And you're out there first. How did you figure out how to maneuver? Because that's the issue that a lot of people who follow the creative outsiders, um, they don't know like what's next. Like I, I know that I can write or I can direct, but then they don't know what to do as far as what's next. Like how do you put yourself out there for people to take you seriously? Right. I mean, it was definitely a struggle because we didn't have a portfolio that just showed like who we were or what we did. In Columbia, you're taking family photos, you know, things like that. So mm -hmm. when we moved to California, we wanted to completely shift our company and do more fashion portraiture like things like that so we kind of just literally threw away everything that we did in Colombia. not threw it away but we just kind of put it to the side because that wasn't the focus that we wanted when we moved to california so we literally came out here with a clean slate um and so i came out here a week before her but luckily the thing that helped me was that my aunt was out here and so i stayed with her for that week that i was here by myself she actually ended up moving back to atlanta so by the time erica came which is my business partner my aunt had just moved and Erica really came through because while I was on my internship, I literally was there 40 hours, not paid. So like I was, it was like a job, but I just wasn't getting paid. So for me, I had saved up about two months rent mm -hmm. and, um, she did all the like legwork. Like she tried, she, uh, found an apartment and then her family kind of helped us move here. So her fiance, um, they while I was at my internship they were looking for apartments and things like that so we ended up finding one which was like in the valley which at that time we didn't know it wasn't as close to Hollywood mm -hmm. but it's only about like a 30 minute difference and so we ended up finding an apartment and we just literally shared a one bedroom like it was like we ain't got it for a two bedroom we're just gonna <laughs> share this one bedroom and then somebody goes to on the couch and we're gonna have a room and we was we were okay with that because we knew that this was just a start um so literally I had two months rent and I wasn't getting paid. Um, by the third month, I was probably calling my dad asking for rent money. <laughs> and he just, he was like, you know, you decided to move out there. He's like, I'm helping people here. You just got to try to figure it out. And I think that's when my faith was tested the most. Like I literally was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be out here. I just need to have faith. Like something is going to like kick off, but it was, it was the most, it was the biggest test that I've ever went through with God. And I think that's what helped strengthen my faith throughout the whole journey. I, uh, I could not find a job after my internship. Um, it, it, it took forever. Like, I think I started actually working for Bad Girls Club, which was my first job. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get into editing or anything like that when I first started. I was a transcriber, like a logger. So I would just type everything that was going on in a bad girls clubhouse and i think that was my first job and i that was three months after we moved out here and i was getting paid like minimum wage i still barely was making it but because we had a one bedroom we only had to split about 500 a piece instead of like splitting a thousand which helps so much because california is very expensive um and so after that, um, it just started getting better. Like I started getting more logging uh, positions, but I was like, this isn't what I really want to do. Mm -hmm. I went through a, um, a time period where I didn't find a job because I was getting laid off. And I don't know, it was nothing but God because like I randomly, I had a friend that we had a friend from college that lived out here and her boyfriend did video and he was looking for another editor. And I was like, all right, I don't have a job. Just, I, I want to meet him. Let's figure this out. 
And so I met him and he was like, yeah, I got a whole bunch of videos that I'll have you edit. And that's, that, that kind of helped me through my freelancing phase. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, I was only making like $100 a video and I was probably only doing two videos a month. And so, but it was literally nothing but God because that, that still was not enough. So I can't even tell you how it actually happened. I just know that God was in the midst of it. And like, because I actually had to sell some of my camera equipment. And at that time, that was the only thing that was actually helping me make money. But I had to sell it because I had to pay for rent. And I had, so I would tell people who are trying to make that transition, it's never easy. Mm -hmm. But when you know that it's something that is your next step and that God is calling you to do, you have to know that he'll make a way. Like you just have to. And I think that's the biggest test and truly believing. Because we always say we have faith and we always say, God, you know, let your will be done. But until that test happens is when you question how much faith you really had. And Absolutely. so, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's the truth. So what do you think is the project that defined who you two were as a production company? Hmm, that's a good question. Let me see. I think it was a, a multitude of projects because so when we first came out here, we kind of had to go separate ways. Like she worked at a lot of uh, different beauty salons. Um, and she was a manager of a beauty salon. And then I kind of had to go and like work uh, full time for just production companies. So at a time, at the beginning, we kind of had to split. So we didn't really get to dive into the company. I would say literally, we didn't really become like the production company specifically until mm -hmm. about like three years ago we've been out here for six but the first I mean the first year of course you're just literally getting to know the city right. and then the second year you're just kind of just like all right I kind of got it and now I need to find a job and like really make some money so we really didn't really become successful I would say until like three years ago um because she had to get a full-time job I had to get a full-time job she actually got married and so I had to move and find my own place which I needed more money because the rent, I wasn't sharing rent with anybody anymore. So it just, it was like a whole three years of just trying to get our lives together before we can even start doing what we actually wanted to do. Um, so yeah, that, that took some time. So three years ago uh, was when we were like, you know what, now that we got everything together, let's really just start getting into our own passion projects. And it was just basically the different passion projects that we did mm -hmm. to build our portfolio they helped us get our name out there. Okay, so then once y'all um, built your portfolios as, you know, individuals, um, then how did you, do y'all have an agent? Uh, because like we see you working with uh, different clients like TV One, we see you, cause I can't wait to ask you about creators of color cause <laughs> I think that's so dope. Mm -hmm. But how did you then, okay, I have my portfolio what did you do to then market yourself? So um, really, it was just contacting people. And Instagram helped a lot. Facebook helped a lot. with. Um, and then the thing is, because I did video as well, I was meeting people and then bringing them back to our company to say, hey, uh, we also do photography as well. And we have a makeup artist as well. So we can create this whole production for you. Mm -hmm. And so people kind of like, like that idea of not having to like go to different people to out, you know, outsource what they needed. Um, and I think that's what kind of separated us and set us apart from others about having all that in-house and we include the makeup in the bundles with the photography. So it's all like a one full price type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
so yeah, I think between all of that, that's what kind of like got us out there. And because I was doing like a lot of video, like even with TV One, it was really, the funny thing about TV One is this. I, okay, so I, when I sold all my camera equipment, clearly I had to buy it all to kind of get it back. Mm-hmm. But um, I got my camera equipment stolen. And like after I bought everything back, I got it stolen, which was like a welcome to California. And I was like, you know what? I didn't have the money at the time to just buy everything that I had spent years buying from college. And so I was like, you know what? Let me just um, strategically buy what I need. And so I researched the type of lenses. Because at that time in college, I just had the kit lens and a mm-hmm. T2i. And so, but the T2i is great. It's a great camera. I loved it. But um, I ended up getting a 7D. And I was like, let me buy, because a lot of people was like, you want to pay attention to the glass, not necessarily the camera. So I was like, okay, I want good glass. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to buy a lens, the 85 millimeter was the lens that I bought, but I bought it off of Craigslist because out in California, Craigslist may be different than St. Louis. Like out in California, it's actually a good way to buy used equipment. But in St. Louis, people were like, no, nah, it's crazy people on Craigslist, which is true in both places. <laughs> right. But because California is so big, people have to find a way to reach the mass and Craigslist is one of those ways. Um, and so, and this was also six years ago. So I, um, I went on Craigslist and I was like, I want to buy from a photographer if I can, um, because I know that they'll, they took care of their equipment. I ended up finding a photographer who was selling the 85 and he had his website at the bottom. He's like, I take really good care of my equipment. And he was like, you can see my work here. I clicked on his website. He was a celebrity photographer. And I was like, oh my God, like this dude's like work is so amazing. I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy it. Also because I want to meet him too. So I met up with him in West Hollywood and we just talked and he actually had the same story as me. We had moved out here at the same time. Uh, He was actually from the South. And I was like, oh my God, like if you ever need, I was like, I knew he was a photographer. So I was like, if you ever need video, let me know. I would love to just be a part because I knew at that time it was about finding a mentor, just connecting with people and networking. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear from him for, for a while, but then he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, um, I just want to know if you still were available to do BTS. I'm shooting Lance Gross, which is like my first video project for real. He's like, I'm shooting Lance Gross and I would love for you to do BTS. And literally from there, it just, it just happened. Like everything just happened. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, so, yeah. That was know. like like gig that kind of got me in to doing video. And uh-huh. he has been a huge help in my career. Uh, he has threw my name out there to every single person. And TV One was one of those connects that he threw my name out there to. That's what I call a defining moment. Because like, what are the <laughs> odds of, okay, this is who you purchase your camera from, I mean, the lens from. Mm-hmm. And then that's who you do your first like major shoot with, which by the way, I saw, and it's really nice. Like it's Thank really, you. really nice. And I'm biased because like Lance is one of my favorite actors. So. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that is a defining moment. And I think that a lot of times we miss out on that just because we don't like connect or we don't take a a chance to network with other people we think that like networking is going to like just land in our lap right oh no (laughs) not at all that that was God but I've had to really go out and network like I'm I'm I became a homebody in California but I learned like you really have to go out and meet people like that is so important like most of the big gigs that I've gotten 
is literally because I've just like networked and met people. Um, with the Lance Gross, so with the Lance Gross thing, after that, he started having me do, you know, a lot of his BTS, which I was fine with because I felt like I would, and a lot of people get so stuck up on like, I need the money, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of just already felt because of how it, how we had already met that this was something that he, he was purposely supposed to be in my life. And so I felt like, cause I met people out in California when I first moved out here that they were just trying to take, 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 and they weren't given. And this was so different and you could feel it that he truly actually believed in my work, believed in my talent. And then after Lance Gross, he just started calling me for a lot of people that he was shooting and, um, and just throwing my name out there. Like he would text me like, Hey, I told TV one about you. So they may contact you or, Hey, I told this person about you. So they may contact you. And sometimes people didn't, but sometimes mm-hmm. people did. And then with the TV one job, they literally came to me. I, my first time working with them, he was there cause he was a photographer for it. And he, he's such an inspiration because he always, he's, he would be like, this is how much you should charge. Don't, sh- uh, don't cut yourself short. Mm-hmm. Like they got it. Like he just helped me really learn the business aspect um, when it came to that. So he, yeah, he's been such a huge help. So for anybody who is trying to get into it, I would say sometimes you do have to do free work, mm-hmm. but I don't look at it as just doing free work. You have to be really strategic with it. And, figure out because some people will come like hey can you do this I'm like I if it's for the greater good I'm all for it but sometimes you just have to be like you know you have to know when and when not you know what I'm saying to do it right so but definitely like always look at the greater good because sometimes you can you might get some money for the first gig but they don't call you back or you might do something free and they love your work and they're calling you back all the time and then you gain a, a connection from that which ultimately leads to way more money than when you got if you would have just did that one time. And so I know that he was able to like, you know, give you pointers as far as on the business side. Um, how has, how did that help you? Cause did you have an idea what you should be charging or you didn't have an idea? For video, I didn't because I didn't, I wasn't even focused on video when I first moved out here. We were so focused on photography. Mm-hmm. So to me, the video was just like, all right, that's helping me just get by. Um, until we can get our photography up. So I didn't really set anything like price wise, especially not working with a network. Like that was my first time. TV one was my first time working with a network as far as doing video. Cause I had worked with like dish nation and like networks like that, like Fox, but I was like a logger at the time. So I wasn't like freelancing with someone. So as a freelancer, um, I didn't have a set price because I had been full time up until that. Um, and so he was just kind of like helping me like, you know, it's about your time, but it's also about your editing. So like, you want to make sure that you get enough. And I would, I would throw a price to him because ultimately the first job went through him and he paid me from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was, he would be like, Oh no, that's, that's too low. I'll ask for this. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, if I go too high, they may not want to work with me. Right. And like, I was just like, I just want the opportunity. And then maybe after the first one, you know, I'll ask for more, but he was like, if you ask for less now, then you're going to get stuck in that price. And so he just kind of helped me because he had always worked with them. Mm-hmm. And this was my first time. So he kind of just knew a little bit more to kind of help me get into what he felt like I deserved. And do you think that um, just creatives in general, that we struggle with charging for our worth? Oh, yes. I, I'm in a couple of photography groups, like on Facebook. And, you know, I, I, I read it all the time. Like, people because there you know it's so many creatives out there and you just want you want to be able to make money and uh 
you know, you don't want to charge too high because you feel like you might lose a client, but you don't want to charge too low for all the work that you're doing. But I think me and Erica came to a point where we were like, you know, we do provide the best that we can mm -hmm. and we don't want to shortchange ourselves anymore. It's 2018. So even when we even went up on our price in 2018, because it was like, we have so much to offer mm -hmm. that we, we still have to make money for the both of us. And we never look at our clients as like, we're going to make the most from one client. So we don't do it that way. But I think if you shortchange yourself, you can't get mad when like we, like as freelancers, you pay for so much. And this is going to be my first year where like I have to like do taxes where I have to have so many write-offs. And so like when you look at that and like the bigger scheme of things, you're spending way more even than, even from just that shoot outside of that shoot, you're still putting money down. Mm -hmm. So it's not even about just a particular photo shoot and that particular client, but you really have to look at your overall lifestyle and the fact that if you're a freelancer, this is your income, you know, mm -hmm. like if it's just a hobby and you're doing it on the side, it's fine to just say, Hey, you know, I'm just only going to charge 150 for a photo shoot. But if this is all you have, you have to look at it as if you were the boss mm -hmm. and you, you know, you're working full time. And you have to pay taxes and you have to pay for traveling and you have to, you know, you're not getting a full salary back from this client. So you just have to know how to market yourself and price yourself. Absolutely. Because free does not pay the bills. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> and, and people don't look at photography and video as like as important as they look at buying clothes or like their own company which isn't fair because we put in just as much work mm -hmm. but for some odd reason people don't look people just look at it as like a hobby that everyone's doing but it's like no this is just as professional as any other thing that you're going to put your money into and so you have to show them the the worth right you have to show them the value exactly because a lot of times yeah they don't look at like okay I still have equipment I'm going to have to continue to like upgrade and maintain mm -hmm. my equipment I have to get there like right. then I have to go back and I don't think they think about too just the creative process and that's what I was going to ask you um what is your creative process because you are now doing um more cinematography versus mm -hmm. like still sh um still shots Mm -hmm. so what is your creative process? Uh, let's say that a client comes and says, hey, I want to produce the, I want you to produce this music video because you did just do a really nice music video. Mm -hmm. um, what is your creative process? Uh, so for producing a video, uh, normally they'll still come. So we try to make sure we bring everything back to like Lorraine Janae, which is the whole company of me and my me and Erica. Mm -hmm. So they, they'll usually email us and tell us everything that they're looking for. <laughs> and then me and Erica will get together and we'll try to create a, um, a deck for them about the visions that we see. Cause most of the time, if it's a music video, they'll send audio. Mm -hmm. And so we'll listen to it together. Um, even though Erica does hair and makeup, she also helps in like the creative process of creating a storyboard, how she feels like the video goes from the vibe that we get when we listen to the music, she's on set helping as well. So it doesn't even just stop with like the hair and makeup or the photography. Whenever we do video, she's a part of that as well, which is a huge help having somebody always there. Um, and so we'll, we'll take the video, we'll listen to it and we'll create a storyboard of what we, you know, feel like what we're feeling from the video. And we'll always talk to them to see if they have any ideas, initial ideas of what they saw for the video. And then we'll normally get together and we'll just kind of talk about it, do a rundown, 
look at the storyboard. And then once they approve, we'll go in and we'll just start um, figuring out what we need equipment wise. If, if we have to rent, um, doing all that pre-production, uh, we'll location scout. And then we, we usually, uh, we'll send them the contract and if everything's good, we'll, you know, prepare to shoot. And I think people don't know that you have to go through all of that. Oh yeah. Before you even say, okay, now let's shoot. Mm-hmm. So I think that is good, especially when you are working with a client or someone who isn't as familiar, like, hey, you know, like I have to plan this out, I have to storyboard, then I have to go look, I have to go check out the location. So I mm-hmm. think that's just something that people take for granted that I don't just show up with my camera and wing it. Right. Yes. Like I, I mean, for the most part, um, we, I don't do, we don't do as many video, music videos um, because I wanted to shy away from the music video aspect because I felt like it I felt like a lot of women like black women they the first thing that they feel like they have to do is music videos to get Mm -hmm. in and I feel like it's so much the complete opposite especially if you're like not a photographer and you're going in solely in video because like most photographers they'll do like wedding uh Mm -hmm. wedding films which is fine but I feel like if you're not a photographer and you solely just want to be a videographer or a cinematographer they usually go in feeling like they have to do some sort of music videos. And so I wanted to show that that's not the case. So we don't do as many where we're, we specifically handpick, you know, and make sure that it aligns with our vision um, because we try not to do, <laughs> we try not to do the whole, like, you know, we're Christian. So we try not to do anything that revolves around like too much sex, like mm-hmm. showing like, you know, real raunchy mm-hmm. like stuff um, because we want to keep a real positive, um, focus, you know, so we try not to go into anything that like be degrading to women or anything like that and just keep it more positive and uplifting. So we work with more people who are like singers that, you know, may sing a more positive or rappers mm-hmm. that may rap a more positive thing than just like sex and drugs and stuff like that. I understand that. So I, since you mentioned it, because you know, if you follow my Instagram, I will, mm-hmm. you know, in a minute I will post a good scripture yes (laughs) and be like let me get my life um but how is it for you um because I do have uh a couple of people who I'm connected with that are in Hollywood that are like screenwriters and I always ask them who are faith-based and we joke and this is no shade to my Christian girlfriends or friends Mm -hmm. um because we always laugh and say like we don't want to be like pigeonholed into making Christian like movies Mm-hmm. so how are you able to I guess maintain your faith in Hollywood and yeah how are you able to maintain your faith in Hollywood um I think for for me it comes easy um because of the, like I said the test that I went through uh, I just told God like I, I just want whatever we do to truly glorify him mm-hmm. and to truly you know give honor to him and I think that's always a reminder in our head whenever like things are going good and we try not, we try to stay humble, especially like lately, a lot of stuff has been going good uh, in the video realm and just trying to stay humble. And then it's easy to see literally just as much as it is to like lose your faith. It's easy to keep it out here because you see what happens when you don't have it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can walk down the street and see what happens if you don't have faith. Like, and I think a lot of people get caught up because everybody comes out here 
not everybody, but a lot of people come out here wanting to be really Hollywood. But I didn't really come out here wanting to be Hollywood. I just came out here wanting to be successful in Hollywood. And it's such a huge difference. Um, so I don't feel like I have to keep up with the Joneses or I don't feel like I have to be in that certain clique and be so Hollywood. And so I think for me, that's why it always keeps me a little more grounded because I come back to the valley in my little small habitat and, you know, just still read my scriptures every morning, thanking him and still, you know, doing all the things that I have to do. So I think it's just like really keeping that mindset and really staying focused of the ultimate goal and reason why you're even where you're at. And it is because of God. And so uh, for us, and then like the thing is like, Erica lets always make sure that I'm super humble. <laughs> like she <laughs> always brings me back, you know, having a friend or having somebody there to keep you accountable. And they're like, you know, I, I'm going to start going to like more Bible studies, women Bible studies. And so like always keeping that in your life. Um, making time for that because that's a lot of things that I struggle with as well when I get busy like I apologize I'm like Lord forgive me for not being able to like read my word this morning and sometimes I feel bad about it because like I should never get too busy to where I'm not you know being able to like read a devotion or a scripture uh so I just think always remembering that staying humble and making time for God making time to read your scriptures and your devotionals and talk with him because you can lose your mind out here Mm -hmm. feeling like you got to compete feeling like you got to do all this to just stay up there to keep your name out there it's a grind and it's so oversaturated that some people literally can lose their mind just trying to become what they want to become so yeah that was a good word (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a good word for me too yeah it's it's hard but I think that's what keeps me focused and and like even for my family like I get texts from my family a lot or they're like I'm proud of you and things like that so it, it just always brings it back for me on why I'm doing it absolutely so we mentioned it a little bit but what is creators of color tell us what that is all about so I joined Creators of Color probably like two years ago. My mentor, Eric, the one who I bought the lens from, he actually introduced me to this guy named Elton um, who runs Creators of Color. Um, this was before it even started, but Elton wanted to create a platform for creatives to come together and show not only like people on screen, but people off screen and just the Black community and how we all work together for to create like such an amazing masterpiece. So what we do is we interview different celebrities and we um, just kind of ask them about their process of being a, a black creative in Hollywood or in the industry and how being a black creative helped their creative, help them get to where they are now. And so we usually interview them and then we do a lot of uh, behind the scenes where you see the stylist getting ready and you see the, the makeup artist doing the makeup and, and everybody putting the lights together and this whole this whole ecosystem coming together to create this this video of what you're going to see and so yeah that's what creatives of color is it's just really spotlighting different creatives in the industry of color and how that creative process has helped them get to where they are and what role do you play in the part of that and then who has been your favorite person that y'all have interviewed so far that you've been able to work with? Um, I am the DP, so I'm the director of photography. I mostly shoot everything. So I, I rent whatever equipment that we need to rent. Um, and then I go in, I set up everything. I find, if I need help, I usually find 
other DPs or cam ops to help me. Um, and then I shoot everything and then I'll go and edit. So I'm over like the video section of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And who have you enjoyed uh, shooting the most so far? Uh, it's, it's hard. Um, <laughs> I mean, the first one we had was Tiffany Haddish. I think that was my favorite only because one, that was the first one. I think it did really well. And it was mm -hmm. right before she did the uh, Saturday Night Live. So it gained really good press. And um, she was just super fun, super chill, really funny. Um, so I think she was my favorite. Um, but we have... we. We've done a couple others. Um, we haven't put it out there yet, so I can't say who they are because it's a surprise. Okay. But I want to say uh, Tiffany Haddish was, because she was the first, I just felt, I kind of felt like a proud mom for that to be like the first video that we did. And it did so well for us to continue on with this. And now we're like growing and growing. Um, I think she, she, was, she was great. She was phenomenal, so... Yeah, that, uh, when I saw, I was like, that, that's a good first. That's yeah. A good, <laughs> that's a really good person to be the first. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what can we expect from you in the future? Like, do you have anything that you are, I guess, a, a project that you really want to be able to create? Like, do you want to do any short films, uh, mm -hmm. feature films? What can we expect from you in the future? Oh my God, 2018 is going to be amazing because uh, me and Erica are coming up with our own content. Because um, sometimes you can get so lost into helping others that you forget your your uh, your own goals. So we're going to be creating our own content uh, just centered around like Black women and women in general. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, and then we want to do more commercials get into more we we actually have our first television commercial coming out soon uh so i will let everybody know or just follow us uh on that we don't know when it's actually going to be released but it's going to be the first commercial that we did that's going to be actually televised so we're like just super geek erica did the uh makeup for it and we shot it um and i think it's going to be so amazing so the, the fact that we have that is is dope um, and then just, just getting published more, just kind of getting our name out there more this year, um, since we've been able to help others. So now we're kind of bringing it all back and doing our own content. So just a lot of things, just uplifting women, uplifting uh, people of color, uplifting diversity in general. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of that is going to be happening this year. <laughs> I look forward to it. That's really good that y'all are going to have a commercial out. I yeah, I was so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. That's really good. Yeah, if you guys see it, like just screenshot it. And... I am going to be like, oh, <laughs> I see y'all out here. Yeah, so we want to do more of that, more commercials uh, where we directed it and we produced it. And um, so, yeah. That's awesome. And I just want you to know that you are giving so many women, brown girls, hope out there that you can do it. Like, you can do it. Thank you. That's, that's the, that's the goal. So I always ask at the end, what are you watching and what are you reading right now? What am I watching? I'm watching so much. Cause like, <laughs> I always have to watch TV when I edit, like I can't be quiet. So I'm watching, um, blackish, grownish, uh, runways. Oh, you know what? This whole week I've been watching uh, living single. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> on Hulu. And um, I'm trying to, one thing I really am going to watch, I haven't even watched it yet, is Mudbound. I know I'm bad. I should have already watched it, but I've been so busy. I haven't even been able to like really sit. Cause like when I watch that, I want to be able to sit and focus on it I, because no. it's been nominated for so much. And the fact that it's an all women cast, mm-hmm. I don't want to just be like, just cause normally when I'm watching TV, I'm working. I want to be able to sit and just watch it. So that's the biggest uh, thing that I want to do is like, just watch my bound. I know. Seriously. You're going to have to <laughs> sit and watch because I started and I'm the same way. Like I'll be working and watching. So I had to stop because it is so good. And I was like, okay, you have to really pay attention. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't finished it yet. Cause I said, you know, like maybe this weekend I'll be able to like just sit and take time. So I get Yeah, it. I started it. I just was like, wait, I, got, I stopped it. Cause I was like, this is something I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's definitely that. And then I'm reading uh, the, the, you are a badass, how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. Uh, I know a lot of people already probably have that book, but I just bought it from Target. Um, and it's so far, it has just been like amazing. So thank you for telling me that because I, um, me and my, one of my really good girlfriends, we're supposed to read two books a month. Like that's our goal. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Siobhan, read that book. And like, everybody has read it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna read it. So now I'm really gonna go on Amazon oh, yeah. and get off and order it. So. Yeah, I feel like I was already late to the party because like I probably everybody was already reading it like last year. But mm-hmm. it when I was at Target, it, it was randomly placed somewhere, and I was like, you know what? Let me read this book. Like everybody already read it. I want to see what you know if it if it can help me too. But no, it's a really good book. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but you definitely gotta pick it up. Okay, I'm gonna do that. Okay, so tell everyone how they can keep up with you, uh, social media, websites, and as well as your production company. Uh, you can keep up with me and Erica um, on Instagram, at Lorraine Janae, um, and then our Facebook is at Lorraine Janae, and then my personal Instagram is Brittany.Janae, um, and that's where I'll probably show like a little more videos um, of what I do outside of Lorraine Janae, so... Everything is Lorraine Janae or Brittany Janae. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, make sure that you all go out there and you follow her and you keep up with her as well as the production company. And I just want to tell you, thank you so much. Thank you for inspiring. Thank you for speaking your truth. And I so appreciate all of the gems that you gave us today. No problem. Thank you for having me and thank you for allowing me to inspire I mean it's it's truly a blessing I've literally been asking God I want to have a purpose what is my purpose of all of this and I feel like it really is to inspire so I just hope that if anybody have questions or more always I'm always open contact me I love sharing my information because I feel like if it wasn't other people sharing their information with me I wouldn't be where I'm at so I'm all I'm like an open book so if you want to know anything just let me know (laughs) And I appreciate that. I hope that more women do that. And we, women usually do a good job about that anyway. Like, mm-hmm. girl, listen, I'm going to open this door so you can, all of us can run through it. So Exactly. Oh, and also you can follow my YouTube. It's, um, it's Brittany J. Uh, I just started it. I haven't been able to really focus on more like uh, vlogs that I want to do, mm-hmm. but it does show a little bit more of the work that I don't put on uh, Instagram or like the longer versions. Um, but I really just started that to inspire women because I had noticed that there weren't any black women on YouTube. 
And so I just wanted to start a YouTube where we, you see more black faces. So I'm excited because I know a lot of my friends starting on YouTube and they're black filmmakers. And so we just kind of want to show um, just as much on Facebook and Instagram that we're also on YouTube and we're just helping people on there as well. So good. I'm glad y'all are doing that because it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not at all. <laughs> it's not like I'll scroll. I'm like, come on, y'all. We need y'all to show like behind the scenes what you're doing. Like, yeah, exactly. so I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. That's good. Perfect. So y'all know the drill. Until next time, make sure that you are out there living your filmmaking dreams. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. And you know, leave a comment. Let us know what you like. Um, give us feedback. And you can also go on our social media or Instagram at The Creative Outsiders. And you can go on my Instagram. I'm trying to do better, but my Instagram has turned into nothing but pictures of my nephew. So don't judge me. <laughs> But it's Siobhan Adrian. Uh, so you can find me up there. And I just thank you so much for all the support that y'all show to the Creative Outsiders. And take care. Bye, guys.